Hello there and welcome to the Apsi League Bombol Podcast with your hosts, Jimmy and Craig. Real fantasy chat in a ridiculous fantasy league. Hello there, welcome to the June 3rd episode of the Apsi League Podcast with your hosts, Jimmy and Craig. Uh, we are going to make this episode a bit more general, a little bit less league specific. We've done the first 10 rounds of our mock draft for the league. Um, we decided to expand that somewhat. So, Craig, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Yeah. You've, I mean, both of us have come in with a handful of names of people who we dispute either their ADP or their potential, things like that. Uh, do you want to kick us off or should I go first? I mean, maybe if we go position by position because looking at yours you've okay. got two wide receivers you've got a QB tight end and a running back uh, I've got tight end running back tight end wide receiver running back so I think maybe if we kick off with the running backs um, Craig let me know your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell uh, last year he posted his lowest yards per rush he posted his second lowest yards per reception he had the fewest rushing attempts of his career and the second fewest receptions of his career he's 28 years old so still under that drop off of 30 years old do we see a redemption season from him he uh i don't know i mean obviously the jets have done a lot to improve their their offensive line in the off season um but they have also brought in grandfather time, the immortal Frank Gore. Le'Veon Bell currently going running back 14, ADP 309. What do we feel about that? Uh, I think he's probably getting drafted around the right place, but I think could be getting a steal because, as you said, the O-line's improved. And you remember last year, a lot of it was without Sam Darnold because he had mono. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I think Sam Darnold could improve this year, make a step forward. Uh, He he lost Robbie Anderson, but it's not not the end of the world, is it? Uh, I'm sure they've... I can't struggle to think, did they draft anyone? I can't remember. I Uh, don't believe they... Did I, I think the Jets, uh, get, Jets get wide that. receiver? There are three names I recognise: <laughs> uh, Brashard Perriman, Josh Dotson, Jameson Crowder. Uh, well, there's a, there's only one there that I don't think is terrible. And that's Jameson Crowder. Mm. And I, I don't rate him that highly. I just think he's he's a, he's a pretty good player. Uh, yes, he's he's all right. <laughs> um, Rashad Perryman, I mean, he balled out at the end of last season. I mean, it I mean, and be... if if anything, an average to bad receiving core could be good for Le'Veon Bell because he could be the number one receiver and the number one running back. True. I mean, obviously, if, we've also if got Sam Donald is doing all right and could work. Uh, then you've got Chris Herndon. I mean, who knows what's going on with him? Uh, last season had all of those injuries as well as the ban for performance-enhancing substances, which it's funnily enough, once they were out of his system, he suddenly got injured again. I mean, don't want to cast aspersions, but anyway. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is a very talented player. I mean, obviously he's I'm, getting older. 
I'd say this is his last potential year, so he, I think he's going to want to play hard because then he might be able to trick someone into signing him again. And uh, yeah, that paid well. Last year he was off a holdout year, and then he came back to post his lowest YPC and his lowest lowest well, yards per reception behind a lot worse offensive line. Pittsburgh mm. always had a good offensive line. True. And Big Ben, which you can't overstate. Yeah, Jets, they drafted Mickey Beckton, and then they've got Van Roten and Fant to the O-line, so they have made moves in the off-season. It is, of course, Adam Gase, uh, who might be Frank Gore's agent. I think think it's just every coach wants to help Frank Gore get up that all-time leader rush list, because he's getting up there, man. (laughs) Like, he is, I think he's third at the moment. Uh, he could uh, definitely, he could definitely make a switch if he can get a few more. Yes, yeah, so he, yeah, he's currently third, but I mean, he's going to have to get a long way to catch Walter Payton. Walter Payton, sixteen thousand seven hundred twenty-six yards. Frank Gore, obviously, still active, but currently one thousand three hundred yards behind him. Yeah, that's, that's, that's doable. A hell of a season. Two seasons. You think two seasons? Yeah, oh, yeah. Frank Gore, maybe three. Three seasons, 300 yards a season, like, or like, well, like 400 yards a season. Frank Gore is 37 years old. Yeah, so he'll play till he's 40. <laughs> he can't play till he's 40. That would just well, be insane. Doesn't, isn't his son draft eligible in like two years? I think. <laughs> or is it three? <laughs> maybe he wants to play with his son. Uh, Frank Gore. Junior, no idea actually, uh, has decommitted from Florida Atlantic's 2020 recruiting class. So it looks like he was coming in for college eligibility this year. Okay, so he's got like three uh, three years till he's draft eligible. Yeah, give or take. Uh, so Frank goes 40, still playing. Yeah, my God. Um, okay, so that that was Le'Veon Bell. You wanted to discuss Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. All right. Well, Joe Mixon, last year, you, we all know how good the Bengals were last year. Or not. <laughs> his, his average yards and all that was, was not good. I'm not, not going to defend that. He still managed to get 1,100 yards in the season. The team was awful. Their QB play was awful. Their O-line was awful. Like, they were pretty much tanking for Joe Burrow as well. After like halfway of the season, they were definitely just tanking. Uh, and he gets an insanely high percentage of the work in the end zone and the 10 zone. Uh, and I just think his potential to break out this year is massive. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly if you look at the tail end of last season. If Joe Burrow is going to do anything, it, I think it all comes down to AJ Green and Joe Mixon. <laughs> Because if he's going to, like, AJ Green and, like, the receiving core in general, like, because they've got a few quick players. If oh, they got, what's his face? John Ross. Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and Auden got, Tate, who it, they of, all. He's they massive. All, they've got they a lot of quick. time in the limelight last season. Mm, they've got quick players, and if all of this goes off and they can get into that, that red zone, Joe Mixon's going to be the one to push in. Yeah, I mean, I'm inclined I to agree. He, if you I look think at, he could be top notch. Joe Mixon currently going RB ten, ADP one ten. Um, so he's he's, yeah, he's in the top ten. But I think he could be 
top like three or four if he's like if they... I could see if, if AJ Green is fit and healthy they won't be able to stack the box like they did and you look at the end of last season uh, from yeah. week oh, yeah. from week 10 pretty much weeks 1 to 8 uh no, week nine, because that was their bye week. Weeks one to eight, Joe Mixon had six carries, 11 carries, 15, 15, 19, 8, 10, 17. Uh, only once did he break 90 yards. Not one, not one time did he break 100 yards. Then for the second half of the season, 30 carries, 15, 18, 19, 23, 25, 21, 26. He got 100, 114, 86, 79, 44. Week 13 was a down a down week, but then 146 yards, 136 yards, 162 yards. Once they started using him, they started doing better. It's funny, like they once they started giving the ball to one of their more, more talented players, they started succeeding. Imagine that. As opposed to whoever the fuck they rolled out a QB. Oh God, I can't even remember. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Ryan just... Finley? Yes, that was like, it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Finley, yeah. <laughs> like they just threw a guy out there like just to lose them games. So... Okay, but let's say we want to move Joe Mixon up. Do you put him above Josh Jacobs? I think I do for the reason that I think there could be some trouble. I think Josh Jacobs is, I don't know, he's pretty solid. I do like Josh Jacobs. That's a a big problem. But I don't like the QB situation in Vegas because... Derek Carr or Mario, uh, it's like two average QBs fighting out. It's like, uh. yeah, I mean, I mean, it, 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 could, it could be amazing, but I just, I don't believe in Gruden. No, I, I mean, it will. Some somebody whose name is above him is somebody I wanted to speak about, and it's Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is currently <laughs> he's ranked. Six overall. Um, yeah, his ADP is behind Joe Mixon. He's going two oh seven. Interesting. Yeah, the the risk though absolutely terrifies me with Aaron Jones. And this is speaking as a man. Actually, both of us <laughs> as men as men who had him on the team last yeah. year. I had um, to get rid of him because he was just infuriating. Yeah. But and I'm, then, and I'm then glad the he did. Traded, he, he went like for four touchdowns, but yeah, it was but, inconsistent. But I mean, Aaron Jones is running back. So Matt, Matt, all off-season, Matt LaFleur has been talking about wanting a running back by committee, which he's had anyway with between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Last year was better than the year before. Um, they did start giving the Aaron Jones the ball more. But then they brought in AJ Dillon as well. Uh, he's, he's a different style of player. He's an absolute monster. Um, but I can't help but think he's going to take away from the red zone touches. Aaron Jones had seven games with fewer than 50 rushing yards. He had eight games with fewer than 35 receiving yards. And three, three of those were in the same games. He had God knows how many touchdowns last season. I can't remember. So there's bound to have regression. And I feel like seeing someone like AJ Dillon in the five zone and the ten zone is just going to steal the ball off him. I mean, well, um, well, 
While we're here on AJ Dillon, who do you see? Well, rookie running backs. How how do you feel about them this year? I don't, and who's who who's caught your eye potentially of the rookies? Because I mean, I've got a few that I'm interested in, a few I'm less interested in. I'm, I'm interested in a lot of them, but I, there isn't yeah. there isn't one. There isn't a a Saquon I think Barkley they've all, who's they've all got in. their issues. Yeah. yeah, no, nobody has come into a clear majority backfield uh, I mean you look at Jonathan Taylor um, Marlon Mack who's got Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines both of whom have been spoken up by Frank Reich in the last couple of weeks he said about Naheem Hines getting 10 catches in a game and then he said there's an inherent respect for the returner of Marlon Mack uh, you've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who people are projecting to yeah. to win but again starter, without doubt but again Damian Williams why, why get rid of him? he's done a job and he's done it bloody well he's also very cheap he's also incredibly cheap uh, you've got J.K. Dobbins who is yet another mouth in the most prolific rushing offense the NFL has ever seen um, I can't oh, Swift with uh, DeAndre Swift again with, carry on with carry on that's the who, thing like, who knows there you've got your it's going to be a one-two punch kind of you've got the system. Ronald Jones uh, slash Vaughn debate in, yeah. in Tampa I mean, Bay if, if, he, if he can break away from Ronald Jones and is Peyton Barber still there I'm guessing he is. Peyton Barber's gone to Redskins sorry I think it's like whoever's there if the rookie can like win the job in Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay are anywhere near as good as people think Bruce Arians seems to hate uh, Ronald Jones on receiving work he just he won't be on the on the pitch Um, you've got Zach Moss just to further muddy the waters with Devin Singletary because the Bills fantastic. Frank Gore's gone. Maybe they'll give Devin Singletary the. Oh no, they've they've drafted Zach Moss. Great. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 I think the most the main thing is most of the rookies I don't think are going to have immediate impact. I think a lot of them are going to be picked, drafted, and dropped in the first three four weeks, and then picked up in week eight when they start to go off. Uh, and they're going to go off. They're going to be. They're going to go off for like sixty fab dollars or something ridiculous when they finally go, because they are going to be hot shit and everyone's going to want them. Yeah, so I'm, I'm saying I'm, if you get them late and you and you've got a spot to stash them, they might be worth the wait. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially the, as keepers, especially for keepers. At the ADP of the rookies, I'm mm. I'm not drafting any of them. Yeah, I don't like until it comes to like my last few picks. If I've got if I've filled out everywhere else, I will just take a few dart throws, but they'll probably be gone to someone who desperately overrates them. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 208. I know, I can't. I, I mean, it's the Chiefs running back, so I get, I get the potential, but I. I would just stick to people I know. Okay, I mean to put there's a comfort level, a comp, a certain comfort with uh, with pre knowledge of what they're like. You've got Damian Williams at seven oh four. I would rather take Damian Williams at seven oh four than Clyde Edwards Hilaire at two oh eight. Then we've got Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor at the four ten. DeAndre Swift, 606. Cam Akers. Cam Akers is an interesting one at 509. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, obviously, they've lost Todd Gurney, in case you've been living under a rock and you didn't know. Um, and he'll be fighting off with uh, Malcolm Brown, Darrell Henderson. Uh, people are assuming that he's going to come in and take it, but I'm I'm much more up on the rookie wide receivers than on rookie running backs. Uh, let's let's do wide receivers. Let's let's, uh, let's talk with your your two. Yeah, your two for the first one. All right. So, I mean, they're they're kind of connected, as I've said. Uh, Keenan Allen is my first one. As you, as anyone who knows my fantasy history, I've had Keenan Allen for the last, like most years, except for last year. Uh, he won me my championship with a with a uh, what was it a pick and twenty yards return, which made me win by like a single point. <laughs> so I will forever love the man. But that was why, when you beat me in the final, I believe. It was. And, uh, so, yeah, Keenan so Allen. So, I think, I think Keenan Allen is drafted way too high. He's a piece of shit, and I hate him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Keenan Allen, been consistent every year in the league. He's always had good targets, good receptions, good yards, decent touchdowns. Uh, his route running, top-notch. He is known as one of the best route runners in the NFL. He, uh, I've gone into his reception perception, uh, and he is. Go see him, Matt Harmon, yeah. working with the fantasy footballers. Yeah, uh, the ninth. He is in the ninety-third percentile versus man coverage, and the eighty-seventh percentile versus press coverage, and that is consist. That is over his five years, all of them, uh, and so he is always in the top 10% almost. I mean, average is out of the top 10%. Let's see that. Uh, and last year, he faced like the most double coverage he's had in his career. Still had a pretty good year. Uh, and I'd say Philip Rivers was starting to lose a bit of a, a bit of his uh, zip on his ball. I don't think he was playing it deep as much. I mean, Keenan Allen's good in PPR, so he, he got targets still regardless. Uh and now it's just down to whether you believe that Tyrod Taylor and the rookie will be Justin upgrade. Justin Herbert, yeah. Uh, basically, because Tyrod Taylor, if he starts the year, which looks like he will, he, Keenan Allen's going to be getting 10 to like 14, 13 targets a game, like probably 10 catches a game. Yeah, ty- ty- that's, that's pretty much locked in for near 20 points. Tyrod is not one for uh, dumping off he's, to the running backs. He's yeah, he'll go rather for the short ra- either run or or go for the short yardage slant route and, and hope that he breaks it. Keenan is great at those. Uh, and then if the rookie comes in and he's fucking slinging it, uh, Keenan Allen's going to be his best friend because he's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> so but, I mean, Keenan Allen is currently he's twenty fifth. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's a top tenner easily. He's behind uh, the likes of Marvin Jones, Devontae Parker. He's behind uh, Marvin Jones. He's really? behind Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is, is a Marvin Jones is a wide receiver too. Like uh, I mean, yeah. I like I love Marvin Jones, don't get me wrong, and I still think Marvin Jones is underrated. No, he, uh, he, he is Keenan one Allen asked, is a number one receiver. I, I see I mean Marvin Jones. 24 and then you've got Kenny Galladay as 9 yeah or I mean I've seen him as high as 7 even oh yeah uh, Kenny Galladay he's a beast 
he did amazing. He got, was it 11, 11 touchdowns? Yeah. Playing with three different quarterbacks throughout the season, including Jeff Buck and Driscoll. And, Jeff Driscoll and David and, Blau. And, and Mr. Blau, that's my name. Mr. Blau. Um, but, I mean, he's ADP 303. Or then you've got Marvin Jones 905. I know which one I'd rather take. Yeah, Kenny Colliday's high price, but I think he is I think good. we'll... I mean, I think realistically we'll start to see him sliding back down as time goes. I mean, you've got someone like Alan Robinson who who's just... He hasn't had less than 120 targets in God knows how many seasons. He's, he's just a target hog. Um, I think we'll see Kenny Golladay slide down. But I mean, I, Keenan Allen, I... <laughs> I like Keenan Allen. I trust Keenan Allen. He's a very good player. I, I think you're paying you're paying wide receiver three money for a potential wide receiver one. That's that's my thoughts. His ADP is four ten. His ADP is a lot higher than his than his rank suggests. I think that is probably down to name recognition and a lot of people have had him over the years because of his consistency and that's pushed it up. And he's he's coming off three top 12 fantasy seasons in a row. I think once the QB situation is more clear in mm. in uh, LA. I'm yeah. sure once people see Justin Herbert throw like four touchdowns in a preseason game, everyone will be like, ah. Oh. Yeah. And you said your two wide receivers were related. The other one, I believe, is T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, so this is basically, if you think Philip Rivers is the is very key to Keenan Allen, or if you think that Phil Rivers has still got it and he's still still the man, he's a very competitive player. Uh, T.Y. Yeah. Hilton is the obvious number one receiver in Indianapolis. I like he'll have Naheem Hines uh, taking a few of the a bit of the work, but uh, the, uh, Paris Campbell could step up. But I see, I think, as with Keenan Allen, he liked his number one receiver. He was getting at least 10 targets a game, pretty, sometimes games he was getting near nearer 20 uh, like targets, and um, yeah. Just transfer T. Y. Hill and give him fourteen targets a game. I see. I he's very good in the red zone. Last year, the first five weeks when he was help, completely healthy, he got five touchdowns in them first five weeks. Uh, so that's good. Good, and then he sort of got banged up, and well, the Colts QB was. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, bless him, wasn't wasn't the best. Uh, but yeah. Philip Rivers, if he's still got anything in the tank, I think T.Y. Hilton could be could be a lot better than people think. But obviously, I was burned by him last year myself, so I'm still I'm I'm cautious, and he won't he won't be breaking my heart. But I'm sure he can uh, he could help someone pretty well this year. Well, again, I mean, as a comparison, he on the other side of the field, he's got uh, Pittman. Junior, yeah, who is a big body. Mm. Uh, Philip Rivers likes a big body guy. He doesn't. I mean, I we got Jack Doyle, who's a name at tight end. I think Pittman in the red zone is going to be an absolute beast for Philip Rivers. Um, 
Yeah, potentially. But I think with T.Y. Hilton, I think it's the safety of the targets that I think he's going to get. I think he might not go... He might not get a touchdown every week, but I think he's going to get like 10, tar- 10 catches a week, which PPR is 10 points plus the yardage. You're looking at at least 15. <laughs> if he gets a touchdown, you're in the 20s. Like, I like it. I like his, uh, I like his potential. I, okay. I see it there. Now, my... wide receiver? You're going to think me crazy, and you're going to think that it's me tilting from last season. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, now, I know Hopkins is a beast. That is undeniable. He is one of the best receivers in the game. Uh, he came out last week. He was saying, I believe I am the best receiver in the game. Uh, people mm-hmm. compare him to Julio Jones and to Michael Thomas. And he made the point, yeah, well, if I had Drew Brees or Matt Ryan thrown to me all the time, imagine what I could do. And he's right. He's he's played with. I mean, he only he only had Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, but he's only had him for some. I mean, Deshaun Watson. Oh yeah, no, like he's only had. I know he's had a bunch of shaky moves before that. Oh, you but, you were being um, sarcastic. I thought you. Uh, I'm saying he, he did have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he's like, he's played with ten different QBs over his career, and he's like, still quite a large number. But but then again, they did go through like four or five in a season or something. Yeah, there was a season where they had what. <laughs> Osweiler, Hoyer, Savage, and someone else, I believe. Oh, and then there was that guy who missed a plane or something and got cut, didn't he? Classy um, organization, Texans, very well run, well managed, excellent, <laughs> flawless business. Well, I mean, I think their the GM is... Uh, because it's like coach. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, somebody made the very good point. I think it was on the Fantasy Pros podcast, and they said, uh, "As a coach, you you make decisions based on kind of emotion because you're in relationships with your players and whatnot. Yeah. And GM, you need to think about business. Yeah. And Bill O'Brien is not good at separating the two. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he definitely sent Hopkins away because he had like a small personal grudge against him. <laughs> probably parked in his parking space or something. Um, probably like he complained about targets once. <laughs> I mean, Arizona threw the ball 554 times in 2019. The Texans threw it 534. Hopkins saw 29% of those targets. I which don't is, think he's going to get them kind of percentages. He's yeah. absolutely not. I mean, last season... Uh, Arizona, they had 10% went to David Johnson, 17% went to Kenyon Drake, and bearing in mind he only joined halfway through the season, so that would be considerably higher. And then Kirk mm. and Fitzgerald both split about 20% of the work. Because I, I can think... see Fitzgerald's getting slid back a lot. Kirk's will go up, I think. And I mean, I don't think Kenyon Drake's will be quite as high as it was at the end of the season, but I think it was... I just worry that there are too many mouths to feed in Arizona for Kyler Murray, who is more of a mobile quarterback than a pocket quarterback. If they're they're throwing the ball, let's let's say he increases, let's say there's a 5% increase. He's now throwing the ball 570, 580 times. Give Fitzgerald... 20% 20% of that. Let, I mean, let's, let's be pessimistic. So he's going to be like 15. <laughs> that's 114 targets. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, 
140 targets would be about 90 catches, maybe. I'm very optimistic. 90 catches. But then, but it's still a very good season. Yeah, but his ADP is still going on name. His ADP is 109 at the moment. He's still going in the first round. He's going. I I thought you were arguing this guy was going to be good. No, I'm arguing it's going to be worse. No, he's he's gone. Okay, Okay. sorry. I thought all the all of these were good. No, no, he's. He's uh he's going behind ahead uh, of Devonte Adams. Okay. So he that can, seems he, crazy. That seems absolutely mental to me. He's going. Devonte Adams is the only receiver in Green Bay. He's he's going four <laughs> spots behind Michael Thomas. He's going ahead of Devonte Adams. He's going ahead of Julio Jones. He's going ahead of Chris Godwin. He's going Rick ahead Keenan of Tyreek Tyre- oh, Hill. Madness. Amari Cooper. <laughs> I mean. It, it, I yeah, think. I can. I see your point. I would prefer any of them players. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's, that um, was a good, good pick there. Hmm. So, um, now, let's go tight end. end. Yeah. So, okay, so you start with just, your one. Yeah, just for, it just in passing. Uh, I'd be interested to see what happens with George Kittle this season. Obviously, he's in a tier of his own with Travis Kelsey. It's those two at the top. Uh, he absolutely is one of the best receivers. Um, well, yes, he's one of the best receivers, but he's absolutely one of the best tight ends. Uh, he so will get paid as such. Well, that's, that's the <laughs> argument, isn't it? So, I mean, the... the, the uh, they should pay him. They've, got the, they've probably got the money to pay him. I see him getting paid. Or it'll be a holdout and it'll ruin everything. Yeah, exactly. That's the bit. I, I I don't think he would be one to hold out necessarily, no. but I could, I could see the discussion spilling over into the season. Because uh, the... Uh, George Kill was like setting, criminally underpaid. The league setting tight end contract was Jimmy Graham, was Jimmy Graham for 10 million. And wide receiver is Julio Jones at 22 million. That I... I I'm hoping they will maybe split the difference for him. There, there, was, there was an interesting thing on, uh, I think it was on around the NFL. They were saying that Rob, Rob Gronkowski effectively screwed the tight ends because he always took the home discount in uh, New England. And by, by doing that, he never broke the market for it. And it meant that tight ends never got paid because the greatest full time is, you know, getting paid fuck all. Because <laughs> he's got his endorsement money, he don't give a shit. <laughs> That's quite interesting. Uh, a side note: Gronkowski is no longer the twenty-four-seven champion. Oh yeah, I know. Our truth, big win. No, my my actual one. Now he's currently going as tight end, tight end nine. Okay, but he's moving up currently, and it's Tyler Higby. Everybody is incredibly high on Tyler Higby. Um, he's got an ADP of 809, which is fine. The end of his season, he the last five games of the season were unbelievable. His entire his 2019 season was 734 total yards. His final five games were 522 yards. Which put it put him on a sixteen game pace of one thousand six hundred seventy yards. His previous ten games, he was on a sixteen game pace of three hundred forty yards. Nice. 
I I don't buy into it because a lot of it was to do with the fact that Gerard Everett was injured. That they said Robert Woods or Cooper Cup injured as well. Right. Or Brandon Cooks, or um, take your pick. They're, they're <laughs> of their injury-riddled t- wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Cooper Cup was playing less and less at the start of the season. He was playing 80-90% of the snaps. By the end of it, he was down to about 60%, which I can vouch for because he was on my team and hurting me and pain, paining me. I mean, I, d- I don't think anybody's arguing that Tyler Higby can sustain that into the season. But his... His previous career stats, he he almost, I think he got more than the rest of his career in this one season. Uh, he's been around, he's, a, he's been, yeah, he just completed his fourth year. Yeah. 2016, 85 yards. Then you've a, got a tight end is in a position notorious for late breakouts. Yeah, absolutely. But this level of breakout is insane. He's got a total. Career. Oh yeah, I, I think I think it is definitely an, an total career like... of one thousand four hundred six <laughs> yards. Two thousand nineteen was seven hundred thirty four of those yards, more than the pre- three previous years combined. But interestingly, his average was lowest. He still only scored three touchdowns. He had his third lowest long reception his longest reception was 33 yards i i don't think tyler higby is the guy the numbers suggested he was yeah because other than those five games there's no evidence of it i mean i think how much you believe in higby and any rams player depends how much you believe in jared goff do you think Sean McVay is going to come back and hit and like with a new scheme for Jared Goff? Because clearly, it's not. It didn't work. It wasn't working last year. They they weren't winning anywhere near as many games. Like they were not looking like that electric offense the year before. Uh, there, there, there was a strange. I understand the, hang over, the Super Bowl hangover because Belichick just handed their ass to them. Like, <laughs> Uh, not not just that, but also the the terror of Todd Gurley's knee. Mm. Uh, it was, I think they probably had it set in their mind that they were going to get rid of him and accordingly didn't want to break him during the season. So they just completely underutilized him, which meant that teams weren't stacking the box against them, mm. which meant that they were concentrating more on the outside, which opens it up for the, for the tight ends. And then Jared Everett goes down because they were running the 12 personnel more and more. Um, one running back, two tight ends. More and more last season. I I think Hunter Henry will be above him. I think Gronkowski will be above him. I, I, I don't know. Tight end nine, I, I see him. I, I'm not sure I see him as a tight end one, to be honest. I'm... I'm hoping to be proved wrong because I kind of like a tight end breakout tight ends one of my favorite positions but and then you've got Jared Cook up there as well I mean but yeah Jared, Jared Cook's not worth a not worth a discussion who, who knows with Jared Cook um, and then you wanted to talk about TJ Hawkinson I did Cur- indeed currently ranked tight end 21 
Yeah. Which is... That is disrespectful. Yeah. That is, he is a first-round pick. He is a first-round talent. All right. Yeah, his rookie year. All right. The problem was his first game in the NFL, he went off over 100 yards, touchdown, looked fucking like he was going to ball out all season. But the next get, next few games, he wasn't really needed in the game plan. He wasn't used that much. He was doing a lot of blocking. Uh, he's very good at blocking as well. Like He's a great player. Uh and then obviously he got injured and wasn't playing all of the snaps. Then he was out at the end of the year. Oh, and throughout all this time, he had fucking Jeff Driscoll and David Blau for a fair a fair amount of the season. And I think a healthy Matthew Stafford improved 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 running game. I think T.J. Hawkinson's going to see a massive leap. Uh, and I, I, I just sort of looked at like his, like a few games, like where he actually played with Stafford, averaged it out, and then added like a ten percent growth on it, and he'd he'd be looking at around eight hundred yards, like for the whole season, with about five to five to six touchdowns, which isn't amazing, but it's still, in my opinion, probably a tight end in the top half if not in the top 10 because tight end is a weak position for scoring points uh if it it gave points for blocking as well he'd be like probably the number number two off the board after kill like because he is george kittle too he went to the same college he is george kittle said it himself he is just basically me like he is the same sort of player he's a tough son of a bitch who can block and catch and I think he's going to be a lot better I mean I have to looking at his stats from last last year so he played 12 games 32 receptions 367 yards two touchdowns let's take a lot of the games he actually played, he was injured and was basically just used as a decoy. Yeah, but he didn't really like. There was he was only healthy for about five games, five or six games, I'd say. So I mean, if we take week one out, he goes down to twenty-six receptions. Oh, yeah, two, I know. 236 yards, one week, touchdown. Week one was against Arizona, and they were just exploiting the fact that they didn't have, they couldn't defend tight ends to save their life. But yeah. That, is, that, that was just exploited. Like, and then after that, it was just sort of easy, because they hadn't really worked him into the game plan much, and then Matt Stafford's gone, and... The season after the after we got screwed in Green Bay, the season was pretty much over. So, Detroit do not have an easy strength of schedule when it comes to tight end. Well, against anyone actually, they don't have an easy strength of schedule. They're thirtieth against QB, eleventh for running back. I think I think 20. strength of schedule is a like uh, I only really think it's question. early. It's only the first two, three weeks that even have any validity at all, because after that it's so different. Yeah, it's based on opposition win percentage from last year, which, um, as we know, is going to change. Yeah, I mean, but t- tight end twenty fifth 
they've so they've got the seventh hardest. Um, whereas someone like San Francisco, just as a contrast, uh, ranked one for QB strength of schedule. This is early season. Sorry, this is weeks one. The, pro- the, pro- the problem I think with the strength of schedule for tight end is it's quite deceiving because different teams utilize tight ends very differently. And if you, if, if you play like, if you played say the chiefs and the 49ers, you're going to look like you're bad against tight ends. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There is, there is, I don't think it's the most reliable wide for wide receivers and running backs. I think it's a lot more reliable, but I mean, spoilers. I'm yeah. going to be trying to stack up on 49ers for early season. <laughs> early season, uh, they've got the easiest QB schedule. They've got the third easiest running back schedule. They've got the eighth easiest wide receiver schedule. They've got the easiest tight end schedule. They've got the second easiest kicker and the sixth easiest defense. Not, not I, to be a conspiracy theorist, but how comes? How did a team that were just in the Super Bowl get that schedule? I <laughs> I know. <laughs> so just like, let's make it so the teams we want to win win. <laughs> <laughs> Who's marketable at the moment? Mm, These guys. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Shanahan. That's that's two Super Bowls where he's been leading and he has given it away. Let's see if we can. Third time to charm. Yeah. Uh, right. Your last end. Uh, no, that was it. It was Tyler Higby, oh. and I mentioned George Kittle. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so, so that's our player discussion. Except for what? There's still one left. Yes, there is still one left. Yeah, this is one. uh, I've recently changed my mind on this. Yeah, I haven't done any research into this player, so I'll be interested to know (laughs) what you've got to say. I I haven't done done lots of research. Um, I've had a reason off all season. The Panthers head coach, Matt Rule. uh, And... Just listening to him speak about Teddy Teddy Bridgewater, he fucking loves the guy. Like, there's a reason. There's a reason they paid him. Like, he is going to be their starter. They're not going to be looking for a rookie unless he is terrible, and I don't think he will be terrible because Teddy Bridgewater is a man that has grown as a player. He went to New Orleans to become better, to learn from the best, and guess what? He fucking did. When he needed to step up, how many games did he win? Five. How many did he lose? Zero. The man, the man wins the game. Like he was good. His his stats weren't amazing, but he got it done. When he needed to throw, he did. Like in most of the games, they the most of the games he didn't need to. They just beat him on defense. But he did throw for over two hundred yards in multiple games. Uh, and. Obviously, he had Kamara. I was going to say, but in Carolina, he has this this little this little guy called uh, Christian McCaffrey. I've heard of him. I mean, even if if Teddy Bridgewater chucks the ball to CMC for two yards and then CMC runs for eighty, Teddy Bridgewater also gets them points. (laughs) So, I think Teddy Bridgewater, especially as he's like basically undrafted like I'm saying you could get him with your last pick like, I mean obviously not in our league because we have Panthers fans but, so he, will, he probably will go off the board not early. just Panthers fans but we're also super flex 
Yeah, yeah, um, and super flex. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Teddy, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think his floor is really safe. I think he could get you 20 points a week, no problem. He's not going to go out there and throw four picks. He's not going to, he's never going to let you down that much. Yeah, I, th- I think he's, if I said he's got a, a narrow spectrum of results. Uh, he's, I think he he's not. Explode. He's not got the. He's not got the highest floor. I, and I, I think the Panthers are going to be chasing a lot because they have not got the best team anymore. No, so they think, do not. Their defense I has think, been yeah, decimated. Exactly, um, and they're um, going to be chasing the lead. And and he's got. He has got three wide receivers who are capable got, yeah, of catching quick. short and taking it. To the, I mean, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson. These are all guys who can catch it five yards Robbie deep Anderson's and just take off. Deep. Robbie Anderson's more of a deep threat. Like he can, he can run still. Mm. He's not, he's not what he was, but he's still up there. And I don't know what their, I don't know what their, I don't know what their tight end situation is like. Ian Thomas. I assume that they're just gonna not really use tight ends that much. But yes, Ian Thomas. Um, yeah, like I mean, maybe he's good if he can block. Who cares? So. Well, he's ranked as he's ranked as the thirty-second tight end. <laughs> well, there you go, top notch. But I just think Teddy Bridgewater. I like him. The coach clearly likes him. He like told a story about how he met him when he was being uh, when he was a college coach, and Teddy Bridgewater was. Uh, and it, I just was doing uh, some training. He just came over and talked to some of the guys and like was telling them how to do this and that. And it's like he's a teaser. He's happy to teach. He's a good guy. I think a young coach. It, like he's going to be using like a spread offense type thing. Like college, lots of fancy plays. I think Teddy B could could have his breakout year finally after kind of a journeyman career up until this point. Well, as a and I, and hope for, and I'm thinking if he does do well, it's going to really make teams look at Jameis Winston and go, maybe he got better under Drew Brees too. Or maybe even the Saints. Maybe the Saints are like, maybe Jameis is the answer after Drew Brees. But then why did they pay Taysom Hill? Because Payton, Sean Payton has a weird fetish <laughs> for Taysom Hill. It's like Taysom Hill is like the oldest QB that's never, ever done anything that people still think could do something. Like He's almost as old as Matt Stafford. Like, just... Just like you know, Taysom Hill is like thirty. Matt Stafford's thirty-two. Yeah. Matt Stafford has played in the NFL for ten years. <laughs> like, yeah. and Taysom Hill's Taysom Hill has played like three games. Where no, I think maybe one game as the star. I don't even think he's done that, has he? Uh, uh, no, I don't. I don't think, so. think he had a single game as star. He's a gadget player. Oh no, no, he's had one. Yeah, they they, they said that uh, Jameis Winston who hasn't even thrown the ball for the Saints yet. Has, <laughs> has, above him on the depth chart. Has completed more passes to Saints players than Taysom Hill has. Excellent. That, yeah, I don't understand Taysom Hill at all. I don't understand why they paid him. Like, maybe Sean Payton is, like, related to him or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> no, it it's, like his, it's like his daughter's boyfriend or something. I don't know. This leads me on to... to players who are kind of related to each other now obviously uh, last season Austin Hooper 
in Atlanta played out of his mind, certainly at the, the first 10 games, well, six, seven games was, of the season. Was he one of the highest scoring tie-ins? Yeah, uh, certainly in our, yeah. in our, so, I mean, we, yeah. we're in a full PPR, so, I mean, nine with, 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 uh, with points for the first, uh, half a point for the first down. Um, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Can't forget about that. Nine, nine receptions for 77 yards, four for 34 wasn't very good, six for 66 and two, nine for 130, six for 56, eight for 117. Uh, that's a good, he's yeah, really, now moved He's now moved to the Browns. It boils down to, do you think Baker Mayfield is as good as Matt Ryan? Uh, I don't think <laughs> necessarily boils down to that, but but Baker Mayfield, a third of his career touchdowns have been to the tight end. They do still have Njoku in tow for some reason, but I think Austin Hooper mm-hmm. could be an under draft that he's currently ranked 18th tight end. Yeah, he's behind Eric Ebron. He's behind Blake Jarwin. He's behind. Uh, I I hate I hate I hate Ebron, but he probably will have a better season with the Steelers than he did with the Colts. And the person who has replaced Austin Hooper is currently ranked at tight end seventeen, Hayden Hurst. Now he interests me. Um, We saw how Austin Hooper started the season. Um, uh, Matt Ryan obviously utilizing his tight ends. could be doing the same for Hayden Hurst. I mean, Hayden Hurst was part of a very strange kind of tight end by committee in Baltimore last season. There was Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and another who I can't remember. But Hayden Hurst have never got overly targeted. But he had a decent. He's had a decent average. Average reception. I mean, thirteen point seven seven, nineteen point five, ten, ten, eight, twenty four point three average. I mean, three receptions for seventy three yards. I think he could be an absolute sleeper. I think seventeen. We to rank him at seventeen. I think is actually too high because I wouldn't rely on him. But if it gets to the end of the our draft, because we've got twenty three rounds thanks to our IDP. If it gets to the end of the draft and Hayden Hurst is still on the board, I'm taking him. Yeah, that's the thing with your with your last few picks. It's all about them just dart throws, just a random player that could be good at backing up a position you might be a bit weak in. Draft capital. I mean, the the Falcons they gave up a second round pick to get Hayden Hurst. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they clearly think they they see something in him and. As we've seen, they do use the tight end, so... Yeah, hang on a second. I've just got, got to go to the door. One second. I assume this will be edited out. Jimmy is a nuts. Ooh, what have we got here? Perfect timing. The uh, the baby's woken up, and the new, uh, the new mic has arrived, so just in time for us to start this podcast. That's great news. Um, fantastic. Uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to particularly touch on today. Just a little something for our loyal listeners to... Uh, yeah, I'm putting a, a little something for you to edit out. Excellent. No, I just called you a nod. Ah, classic. Yeah. Um, disclaimer, just for those listening who don't know us, uh, I'm not a nod. Nonce, nonce is a word for a paedophile. Yeah, and more importantly, I'm not one. So... <laughs> 
uh, Craig, thanks again for joining us and uh, well, joining me. And we Peace will. Out.